is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from New Hampshire, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Uh, I am Josh. And with me in New Hampshire is Chris. In person. In person. And Mark. In person. This is the first time we've ever recorded in person Let's together. Let's awkward direct eye contact. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not going to. Uh, Josh, uh, look at me. Look what? at me, Josh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're here in New Hampshire. It is cold and rainy, but that is not taking away from the content that is being talked about here uh, at the New Hampshire CTO Clinic. Um and we got to meet Mark in person for the first time and stay at his cabin. And he didn't kill us. We're still alive. Yeah. Yet. Um, yet. What? I didn't kill you yet. Yet. That's, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark, Chris shipped Mark the mixer ahead of time. And Mark has done a bunch of, uh, shall we say, enhancing the, the... Yeah, I'm not happy about it. The mixer. Nice. Um, I, didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> Mark put a bunch of Chris audio on here. Oh, come on. Um, come on, guys. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so, yeah, this is this is hilarious. Um, so what's the couple days been like, guys? Well, cold and rainy. Uh, yeah. But really fun to be able to get to know you. We had a we started off with a car ride. Yeah. That took forever because there was so much traffic. Boston. I introduced them to Boston traffic. Yeah. Josh and I got here. Mark showed us a dumpster like a truck. Well, it's called a trash truck. We were, trash truck. I didn't that was really show cool it to mark. you. We were just we we're behind it in traffic. Like he showed us a trash truck. Like we don't have those in Missouri. <laughs> and then he's like, and here's a tunnel. Oh, come on. <laughs> he showed us some tunnels. Well, then okay. So then we took. And he a, described we, the paint. We yeah. took we took a visit. Some some people on my team wanted. Oh wanted, yeah. Wanted to meet you guys. Yes, so, they did. So we popped into my office real quick. Yeah, that was awesome. After we got pizza. And um, we walked in, and my team had prepared a surprise yeah. for, for us. So the mark on the buffalo picture was blown up into, what, two foot by three foot photos mm. and pasted mm. all over the walls? Everywhere. Everywhere. The entire office was decorated with photos of me, of memes from various episodes of the podcast. Nice. Um, <laughs> and the thing that drives me the craziest part is they clearly did this outside of work. Because we don't have a printer that big. So I couldn't nail them on like you use district technology to, to do this. Nope. They had clearly gone out of their way to print out giant pictures of me on a buffalo and hang, <laughs> <laughs> and hang it all around the office. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. Can I tell you that we received a listener email? Oh no. From someone in the tech department. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> Go easy on Mark now. Next question. Do I need to update my resume after decorating his office? And if so, any openings in Missouri? <laughs> there are several openings in Missouri right now. Um, Do you have any guesses? We, we can unpack this. Do you think you know who did it? Unpack. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly who it's going to be. Uh, and uh, I think he'll do well in Missouri. <laughs> Do you have a first name? I think he's been on the podcast before. Yeah. 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 He was on episode 100. Who would that be? Joseph. <laughs> you could be right. He says with disdain. 
Yeah, in the office, his name is Joe. It's now Joseph. Ah, <laughs> it'll all be by the book now. I felt like because you never laughed or smiled. Oh no, that no. And then you actually ripped the papers off the walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was that for show towards us to try to show that you do have dominance in the office? <laughs> <laughs> my 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 face was blown up two by two feet by two feet and put everywhere. Even the the help desk dashboard. Instead of looking at like network outages, they're looking at my face instead. So well, you were off that day. They had to have your face somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And th- the best part of it were the representatives from the. Uh, superintendent's office that came down and oh yeah no 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 it, it did not just stay within the tech department the soup's office came down and was like what why are you on a buffalo <laughs> which is a great question it is a great question no, yeah. i went to yellowstone last year that's what we yeah, did yeah. so anyways yeah so trash truck two tunnels yeah mark's cabin in the woods yep in the white mountains okay. in new hampshire and now this beautiful resort yes on the coast of winnipesaukee which apparently Jimmy Fallon spends time here in the summer and Drew Barrymore and Mitt Romney has a place up here. Yeah. I feel very NPR-ish with this microphone. Yeah. Yeah, we're not used to recording like this. No. Um, so what do we got coming up on this episode? We interview several people, right? Josh and Pam uh, here from New Hampshire. They're two of the big drivers behind some of the Student Data Privacy Alliances here in New Hampshire. I almost said Missouri. Um and then we talk with Neil, who everybody, everybody at this conference, we had dinner last night, everybody talks about Neil as the cyber guy. Apparently, Neil is like the go-to tech director here in New Hampshire that knows a lot about cyber and helps out other districts around the state with cyber stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, we hope you enjoy this this episode, and thanks to New Hampshire CTO Clinic for having us up. We really enjoyed our time, and hopefully we can come back. So we are here at the New Hampshire CTO Clinic, and I we have with us, well, Mark. This is the first time Mark and I are in the same room together, which is pretty fantastic. We're here. We just, uh, I did not hear you. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, so we just wrapped up our keynote address, and we have two uh, people from, two attendees from the event here that are, uh, I guess you could say, rock stars in in this space with data privacy and IT leadership in New Hampshire. So I will let them introduce themselves. We'll start with Josh. All right. Thanks for having me. And thanks for coming all the way out here, guys. Yeah. Uh, My name is Josh. I'm the IT director in the Oyster River Cooperative School District. Uh, We're about just over 2,100 students, and I've been there about 11 years now. Wow. Okay. And I'm Pam McLeod. I'm with the Concord School District um, in New Hampshire. It's about the third largest district in New Hampshire. Okay. Give us an idea how many students that... We have about um, 4,100 students plus a CTE center. So we're up over 4,500 students okay. as well. And this is my 19th year in education. Wow. Nine years in Concord. And before that, I was 10 years at one of those small K-8, 500 student oh, wow. uh, schools. Okay. I'm we, also a school board member at New Hampshire. We, oh. we heard last night when we were talking to you that, that a lot of school districts in New Hampshire, excuse me, are very small, rural. It's yes. almost like a very decentralized uh, Live state. free or die. Live free or die. <laughs> local control. Yes. Yeah. So Missouri's local control, but I think you guys... You're, from our discussions last night, it seems like New Hampshire is taking that up a notch or two uh, from a local control standpoint. For sure. So uh, tell us about 
what your guys, what your efforts have been around student data privacy here in New Hampshire and what, um, like, again, last night at, at dinner, you were talking about the commissioner, you know, there's new, there's new things coming from the Department of Education. So uh, give us a little bit of that. Um, it's it's uh, a little complicated. I'll start with a little bit of a timeline. Okay. Um, in New Hampshire, uh, they passed the data privacy law in 2018. We call it HB 1612, which is now an RSA. Um, and even as they were working on the bill, COSA notified us about it at the national level. And so we actually got involved with talking with the sponsors of the bill as it was going through the process. Um, and we're able to kind of water it down a little bit, make it more palatable for schools. It was pretty intense. Um, as it passed, it was one of the few pieces of legislation around the country. I think at the time it was the first one that had minimum security standards. So um, it passed, it had this reference to the Department of Ed needs to create these minimum security standards. It's the standards by which school districts need to operate as well as we need to hold our vendors accountable to those standards. Mm -hmm. So um, it passed, and then we all sort of panicked. Um, we weren't quite <laughs> sure. You know, the sp smaller school districts especially, nobody kind of knew how to handle all of, especially the vendor vetting part of it. Um, so Josh uh, was friendly with Steve Smith down in Cambridge, who does so much work on the national level with SDPC and A4L. Yeah, I was going to say, we're kind of lucky we have this guy who yes. started the SDPC very close. He's presented yeah. at this conference before, so we had already known him pretty well and said, well, this might be a good way to start meeting some of these privacy standards because these small school districts in New Hampshire are going to have a really hard time reaching out to these vendors and actually getting a response. Please yeah. sign this data privacy agreement. And so I think at that time there was 24... I think about 24 state alliances with Texas, California being big ones, and obviously Massachusetts. Um, so we felt that seemed to be really a, a good avenue mm -hmm. um, to start the work. Because the way the law is written is there's these security standards and then that wonderful language that, um, at least in New Hampshire, it's everywhere, it's meter exceed the minimum standards. Right. And it was the vendors had to um, provide an assurance that they would meter exceed the minimum standards. And mm -hmm. so... How do you get a vendor to do that? And so the DPA seemed like a really good vehicle to do that. So, Was the original intent of the bill that each district would write its own DPA, or is that yeah. the state well, would come out with? Uh, no, they didn't provide any funding to the state to do anything. Okay. Uh, we did reach out to the state very first thing, and, uh, and they basically said, you know, we have to deal with this too. Um, they had to develop those minimum security standards. Right. We don't have any funding to help you. We were hoping they would kind of take the, that was our first uh, check. We were hoping they would take the ball and organize all of us and sort of help lead us through this. But uh, live free or die, that's not how it works. In the <laughs> <answer>. so, <laughs> um, so we spent the next six months just trying to figure out what to do, how to organize this. Um, we worked, so we had a, um, we have a state CISO and um, the person at the time came from a federal background, and he developed the minimum security standards based on NIST 800-171. Yeah. So it's a su subset of 42 of those standards, so it's a smaller bite. Um, but he was great because he brought those to us. He let us take a look at them. We had some discussions about them before they went to the state and were adopted and, and finalized. 
And after that, we've even gone through a couple of rounds during the pandemic. We went through a couple of rounds of how do we make it so that um, these more commercial companies, um, PandaDoc was one, it's an e-signature company. Yeah. They have SOC2 certification. So we thought um, we developed um, an addendum so that um, vendors with these nationwide certifications could just sort of get a pass because their their certifications exceed our standards. Sure, anyway. sure. So they didn't have to go through our checklist um, to sign the data privacy agreement. And um, the uh, gentleman that came up with the standards, if you look across the spectrum, you have the top, CIS top 18, you have NIST CSF. He did a lot of research into what education records fall under and that's how he arrived at NIST 800171. Um, it's really interesting because it seems like there's so many different standards that people can follow. It feels kind of like um, CISA's kind of going with the top 18 for schools, but yeah. I know I think New York, um, Texas are, are doing some variation of NIST CSF. So, so it was pretty interesting. And like Pam said, I, I'm pretty sure it was the first legislation nationally that tied privacy um, and security together. Hmm. I know when you guys had Doug on, that was kind of one of his points was yeah. everyone's talking about privacy, but not security. Right. Um, but that was, I think, something unique in our law was that those two were together. So how how has adoption been from districts that might be smaller districts that mm -hmm. have a one-man shop? Or what what's that pinch point been or what's that struggle been like? Have they been successful in, in getting these agreements? Obviously, you know, with DPAs, you can piggyback off of other yeah. agreements. Are, are they primarily doing that or yeah. who's having those tough conversations? Are you guys leading those tough <laughs> we're, conversations? We're, we're leading a lot of the tough conversations because we have more staff than some of those districts. Yeah. So especially during the pandemic, we were really taking the lead on having those conversations with the vendors. But it's really, um, we collect a dollar ten cents per student per year from our member districts. Uh, we have about 130,000 students in New Hampshire covered under this agreement, which is about 82% um, mm. roughly of the students in New Hampshire. I don't know what the other districts are doing. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, that would be a good, uh, yeah. yeah. Do they ever come to conferences and you're able to ask them that? Or are they, are those districts that aren't adhering to that kind of, they stay to themselves or, you know, don't yeah, like to. I, I think. For for whatever reason, they're sort of flying under the radar. That first year, Josh and I, you know, we organized. Um, so we use a nonprofit in Massachusetts, the Tech, the Education Cooperative. So we collect the, these funds, or they collect these funds, and we pay them to do. They have an attorney on staff. Yeah. They call the vendors. We're now in a consortium with five other states, so that's built up, or four other states in New England, so that's built up over time as well. That's really helped our adoption. But that first year, Josh and I um, spent a lot of time going to every regional superintendent's meeting in New Hampshire. We got the buy-in from the superintendent's executive board. Josh's superintendent, Dr. Morris, was really instrumental in just leading us around, mm -hmm. introducing us to people. We made sure we had that buy-in yeah. um, so that it would be more successful. Hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, the one meeting we missed is probably the region where we have sort Fewer of the most stragglers. Yeah, yeah. that would be interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think for anybody who is early on trying to build like an SDPC alliance or there's states that have them and, you know, maybe they're not um, as active as other states. 
I really think what worked out well for us is, number one, our, our NHCTO group, our COSIN affiliate. We're a tight group. We meet monthly. Um, it's a great group of people. We have a lot of fun. And then from there, we started building strategic partnerships with these other groups, and specifically the Superintendents Association. And, and, and I think, the School Boards Association. I have to give boards. them a yep. shout out. Yeah, um, yeah they, were, they were great as well. So we really worked with those other groups. And so the superintendents knew what we were trying to do. We explained that, you know, this wasn't, we were putting forth kind of this collaborative approach to data privacy instead of everyone trying to do it on their own. We're going to pool our resources because there's only a couple school districts that even have attorneys on staff. Right. Most yeah. of us all share common law firms. So the idea was how do we not pay our law firms multiple right. times for this work. For the same project. Mm -hmm. And so we had seen, I think at the time in Massachusetts, there was only maybe 10 schools kind of working with, with this group tech um, to collaboratively do this. And so we said, well, do you think you could do it in New Hampshire? And, um, you know, they said, yeah, if, you know, we'll see. But there can't be that many people that'll jump on board. And I think within the first month, of kind of releasing this, we had about 40 districts wow. on board. And so we've really leveraged them and a collaborative approach to, like we're dealing with one attorney, we're all funneling money into that one attorney. And then we use um, one of the ladies names, Rama. She actually is the one that we interface with. She goes out, contacts vendors on our behalf, starts that process, helps the back and forth. So uh, in some ways, a lot of the districts, the heavy lifting, the contact of the vendors is really taken care of. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if we run into problems with vendors, you know, we start talking amongst our group and we've put the pressure on a couple and there's a couple vendors that wouldn't sign that when we all said we're not going to renew, that changed their mind. <laughs> it's just magic how that works, right? So and, and I just want to give a shout out. Microsoft was our first vendor to sign, which was great. It actually aligned with the, we have a Microsoft pricing purchasing consortium mm -hmm. as well, mm -hmm. um, which I started when I was in a small district. So it's like, gosh, it was, I think it was 2010. It was a while ago. So it aligned with the renewal of that contract. Um, so that was um, really um, helpful for us and they were really great to work with. So we have as large as Microsoft, that's probably our largest and as small, like we have Tiny little vendors. There's a company called Pickup Patrol, which does uh, after-school, you know, parent yeah. pickup organization. They're based here in New Hampshire. I think they were developed by students in New Hampshire and then became a company. Really and cool. um, so, you know, organizations of all sizes. But um, we have 1,500 different products covered under wow. our DPA. So, at this point, it's almost in maintenance mode. Um, yeah. Yeah. At, at this point, and. Um, it really has been fantastic, but it's really that collaboration with the other states that has helped us yeah. to get there. And you're working on Google, right, to get them to sign? <laughs> We've gotten nowhere with Google. Yeah. <laughs> Cal California's He's made on the, the national most product, board. Yeah. <laughs> pro progress on it. Yeah. 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 So, so. Uh, help me understand, how many districts are in New Hampshire? Oh, good glory. So I want to say it's 130. Okay. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay. 167-ish but like, like we told you last night, schools. you can have a single community right. with two districts. In right, it. right. Yeah. So there's kind of splits and breaks, and Pam's a school board member where they just consolidated three districts into one. So it's kind of constantly changing. Still, yeah. th still three districts. We've just consolidated SAU services. Okay. So we just, we our central offices are. So, Pam, you mentioned something a few minutes ago that 
that was really cool about the cybersecurity grant, yeah, uh, the the SLTT grant. Tell us what New Hampshire did with that grant. Yeah, well, I have to speak about like our partnerships again because most of us use uh, Primex, which is our public risk management um, pool. And they have really, uh, Corey Casey will be here this afternoon from Primex for a presentation. They've really taken the lead in working directly with school districts and municipalities around the state. They've been really awesome. And then we have a forensic first responder, the Adam Group. So they, they're actually, it's a private company, but they've been tapped as like the state's first responder huh. in cybersecurity incidents. Fantastic. And we have a state um, CISO. We have a different one now. Um, the new one is Ken Weeks. Um, he's absolutely really awesome to work with as well from the state. So um, I'm forgetting the original question. Which uh, is SLTT <laughs> cyber grant. <laughs> the cyber grant. Yeah. So they've all been working together with representatives from the schools and the municipalities to help determine how they would spend this money. Obviously, it's limited money right. in the grand scheme of things. They came up with three things. I'm going to try to remember them. One was UB keys for every everybody who wants them in New Hampshire, um, private public organizations. The second was training. So they have a training. Uh, it's, it's like cyber training libraries, yeah, certifications. It's going to be, yeah, like a voucher program. So oh. anyone who wants to get like um, A-plus security, oh, wow. they'll provide a voucher for. That's and cool. So like if wow. I, I have a team of six, so if they wanted to get certified, we could get vouchers wow. for them to get certified. And then the last one, it, I don't think it affects us as much, but all the small communities, they're using personal email accounts oh, and yeah. all this oh, crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, so they're .gov. doing a, um, a facilitated move to .gov addresses. Oh, good. So yes. I, I don't think that's going to affect us that much. And I'd kind of heard that um, CISA was wanting to move education to .edu's. That'd be great. I, um, I, I spent some time on higher ed, and they all have .edu, but those are managed by Educause. K-12 doesn't have Correct. access to Educause. So yeah. I, I think it'd be great for K-12 to have .edu accounts. Yeah. I mean, that Na- Nashua is a .edu. I'm not quite sure when interesting. that happened or how. They have been for a long time. Yeah. So, huh. yeah, so, yeah we, we really felt that the group, and um, Neil was our representative from our group on yeah. the um, SLTT grant um, group. And, um, you know, it felt like they did a really good job trying to identify really – easy things that are, you know, they could write the grant quick for yeah. and then implement quickly. So I think we were one of, I think it was under five states. Yeah, Missouri was a, one. Approval yeah. yep. in December. And I think at this point we're just waiting for the feds to release the money down I, to I us. I just got an email about an hour ago saying they, they released, oh, FEMA, good. FEMA released the money. So. Oh, great. Oh, good. So yeah. hopefully great. we'll so. be able to get that <laughs> In Massachusetts, soon. we've applied for a waiver uh, <laughs> on the deadline. And so yeah. we're going to think about it in a few more months. Uh, so yeah. so really we're jealous. Yeah, we're really excited. That we, we we appreciate what Neil, who's a fellow IT director in, in, um, in uh, New Hampshire, what he was able to do for that kind of represent us on the group. Yeah, and yeah he's our cybersecurity so. guru in the crowd. I think we yeah. all do a lot of cybersecurity, but he's, you know, heads, he's above, our go-to. Uh, heads and shoulders above the rest of us. And yeah. It's really good. Well, we appreciate you guys joining us uh, and taking away from time in sessions, but uh, you guys are definitely doing some amazing things up here in New Hampshire, and we wanted, wanted yeah. to bend your ear and tell us uh, how, 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 how'd you do it. So uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks, yeah, guys. Yeah, we were you. Uh, Thank you so we were preparing for a presentation on privacy and realizing that we're we're the ones talking to the experts <laughs> yeah. about it. So yeah. it was a little. What do we say that they don't already know? <laughs> so congrats. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks.
We do want to thank our sponsors for this special episode at the New Hampshire CTO Clinic. It's been awesome getting to hang out with Josh and with Mark for the first time in person. We're not just friends via Zoom. We're not just friends via text. Uh, the relationship, it's real. It's a real one. So again, thanks to our sponsors. Managed Methods is back. Managed Methods makes securing data and detecting student safety signals in Google, Microsoft 365, and Zoom easy and affordable for district technology teams. Check out Managed Methods. We also want to thank NTP, our newest sponsor. Look them up. NTP. Check out their K-12 cybersecurity solutions. They can give you some special K-12 Tech Talk podcast pricing on antivirus, but you got to mention us. And we can't forget about Fortinet. Email Podcast at fortinet.com if you are interested in any of Fortinet's services and products. Reach out to Extreme Networks. That's dmayer at extremenetworks.com. And I think I just said extreme.com when Josh and I were talking. That's extremenetworks.com. Get your extreme switches and your networking from them. They can bring your network to the next level. Go extreme. Finally, last but not least, somethingcool.com, a proud sponsor since the beginning. Email sales at somethingcool.com. So we are back here at the New Hampshire CTO Clinic, uh, the COSIN affiliate here in New Hampshire, and Chris and Mark are both with me now. And we also have guest uh, speaker or guest attendee, Neil. Hey, Neil. How's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Get a little closer to that microphone. There oh, you go. All right. How's that? That's much better. Um, so give us an idea of what you like about this conference, what what your part is in this conference and planning and all of that. Uh, so what I like about this conference is it's geared towards getting not just the tech directors, but the superintendents and the business managers. Like that's the entire hope and, and foundation of this, this conference, um, to get us in that room talking together and hearing that same message from all of the presenters. Yeah. Um, as far as involvement and planning and stuff, I'm a past board member for the New Hampshire chapter. And that's pretty much the extent of okay. it, of that. And um, they did reach out to me early on, like, "Hey, would K twelve Tech Podcast come and talk with us?" Of course, we will. <laughs> Let me reach out. <laughs> no, that's cool. And then you and you and I had met last summer at the MSISAC conference in Baltimore, right? Yes. Yep. Um, so everybody here calls you the cyber guy. Like you are, you're, you're, you, that's all we hear. That's all we hear. <laughs> Neil's the cyber guy. Neil's are the expert. Um, so give us a little bit of, of the help that you give school districts or the resource that you are in that cyber realm. Like are people calling you all the time asking for help or what's going on there? Yes. Um, so the answer to that was yes. Every, yes. Everyone calls you for help. <laughs> yes. Every, yes. Across the board. Um, so I'm the only Cyber certified professional. Okay. In K twelve in New Hampshire. Oh wow. Um, I also happen to be the director of technology, um, but that's it. I've got oh seven or eight certificate the CISSP, the SIN, CISSM, the data privacy, and then a bunch of SAN certs as well. Okay. Um, so that's sort of where you know that cybersecurity thing came from. Sure. Um, but because of that, the state passed the data privacy law in 2019, and they were looking around, and they're like, uh, we don't know anything about this. 
I'm in the southwest corner of New Hampshire. Like, so nobody comes to see us. The, mm-hmm. Nobody knows we really exist. Um, and I was like, well, it, I've been doing this since 2013. That's when I started doing cyber in K-12. And like, oh. And then they sucked me in. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> it's just grown from there. there. Um, really involved with the, the CTO group here in New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, then the state reached out and said, hey... Uh, can you help us define these standards that the legislature has said that we must develop? So I helped um, with Pam McLeod get those squared away. Then they, they reached out again to me when the SLTT grant came through. They said, you know, will you be the K-12 rep so we can right. get, get that money right. going? And then, you know, I, GT, Government Tech Magazine, reached out and asked me to be on there. Or conference board. And oh, wow. Another conference reached out down in Florida. I don't even remember who they are right now. Wow, that's cool. But, yeah. So Pam mentioned something earlier that the with the SLTT grant, cyber grant, um, states buying YubiKeys for public employees. Can you, like, what, how, how did that come about? That's awesome. Yep. Um, so we, we got together, you know, um, all the different reps from the, the different sectors within within the state and we're like, you know, dollar for dollar, this isn't a lot of money. Like, right. What, yeah. what can we do with this to get the most value out of it? So they developed, you know, the dot governor box because that doesn't cost them much of anything to do. The state will just give us a gov address and, you know, set, uh, business cards and yeah. letterhead to get it started. Um, and then they're like, well, training. If we can get anybody or everybody trained, even just an intro into cyber, they at least have a better understanding and we can sort of level set across the board. So they've started that route and that wants to be trained, reach out to the state mm-hmm. um, and tell them what cyber course you want to take and they'll figure out how to get that paid, get wow. you the voucher, um, and then eventually even pay for the certification if you want to go wow. that far with it. One of the things you mentioned too was the, the .gov address. Yes. So what we heard was that there are still some districts in New Hampshire that don't have district-wide email accounts is that where it is that is where it is yes wow. yep <laughs> and uh, so it, and it's funny the real problem is down at the municipality level right right like the small towns yeah where you know they're all running on yahoo addresses the police right chief is you know wow. police chief at msm.com it's <laughs> crazy it's <laughs> so that's the problem they're I, trying to address i wouldn't be surprised if we have them in missouri as well so to our cyber scammers that are listening, what towns are those? Are <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so part of the plan is to get those towns that are, um, that are running off of personal accounts onto a .gov address. Correct. Um, training for folks and YubiKeys. Yep. Um, what's been the response from districts and towns to those kinds of things? Um, so we're still waiting to get that first check-in to get the YubiKeys purchased. Yeah. So that, w- that was the third thing, was the YubiKeys. Okay. Yep. Um, and the thought there was, how can we best facilitate 2FA implement, implementation without telling everybody, you got to use your personal device. Right. right? Because yep. that's the one complaint we hear yep. is, no, I'm not using my personal device. If The state's like, well, we get a huge discount anyways. So we'll just be that purchaser. Yep. You tell yep. us how many you want, add 30% because they're going to lose them. Yeah. And we'll ship them to you. That's fantastic. So, okay, so I don't want to use my personal uh, account or my personal device for, for two-step, 
but also like are are do you think you're going to get resistance from towns or schools that don't want to move off of personal email accounts and move on to a state oh yes okay. absolutely absolutely because <laughs> the motto of new hampshire still is live free or die absolutely. absolutely so now having the state come in and say you must use this address correct yeah so are you gearing up for that have you heard from some districts already so, uh, so the districts are torn right we've got this longevity if we already have our established domain right a lot of us yes. are for character domains right like we don't want to just walk away from that to get some yeah you know, oh, so like, even if you have a domain, you're still migrating over. You can. Oh, you can. It's, okay. It's, you can. You okay. don't have to. Okay. You can. I keep thinking about email addresses like police chief underscore two thousand four, and then I keep thinking of some inappropriate ones. Yeah. So does it, is it police chief one, and then the new police chief comes in? They're police chief two at yahoo.com, or do they just pass the credentials right. over? That, that's the conversation. Oh, right. I'm so fascinating. If yep. they get canned, do they share the password with the next person? And there are police chiefs, like or or officers, handing out business cards that say like, ah, yeah, "Oh yeah, oh. absolutely, absolutely, wow. amazing, amazing." Okay. <laughs> also amazing that that was recognized. Yeah. In 2023, and like, let's nip it. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's use this. Yeah. I mean, real let's, talk. Let's yeah. use this money and fix this problem. Yeah. This yeah. thing's been lingering around for a while. No, that makes sense. But it also outlines. I think it's it's very common across the United States where you have states that are very, very rural with a mixture of kind of urban, suburban districts. And that's exactly what New Hampshire is. You've got Concord, Nashua, Manchester are the kind of mid-sized, bigger districts. But the majority of your kids go to sub-1,000 student account or uh, districts. Right. So we've heard that quite quite a lot with, with a very, very kind of decentralized district by district, small district approach from yeah. tech support to security to data privacy. So... Um, we talked earlier to, to Pam and Josh, who talked about how they're really trying to build this consortium around data privacy. Do you feel that same thing can happen with security? Obviously, the two are related. Do you think there's going to be more consortium and kind of group thinking or district, you know, groups of districts thinking about cybersecurity? I, I hope so. I think it will get there. Um, you know, we've got nationally, we're starting to see that pick up. We've got K-12-6 yep. that's out there yep. trying to make an effort. We've got MSISAC, right, with the K-12 working group there out there um so i i think it will come i think it's going to be slow okay? yeah because districts still at the end of the day don't have those resources it it's still a time commitment yeah and if you're a two or three person department right who, yeah whose time am i taking away and what right. are they not going to do what pro what problems are you not solving because you are focusing on this other yeah. bigger problem yeah well but but this conference this week is happening in the shadow of your second largest district in new hampshire getting hit with ransomware. So National was just hit earlier this week. Is that sending waves? It's it's definitely sending waves around this room. Do you feel it, it's going to hit superintendents as well? I, I think it will. And, and I think it's already started. Um, when I went into our leadership meeting on Monday, that was the, the topic of yeah. the principles. Like, did you hear what happened in Nashua? Is it going to happen here? Is it, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah. It, yes, yes, yes. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it can. It absolutely. Can. Yeah. It, yeah. And it will. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, Neil, we, we appreciate your time with us today. Uh, we don't want to keep you from any other sessions here this afternoon. So uh, we appreciate it. And thanks for thinking of us and Thank getting you. us up here. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Neil. All right.